Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Madeline Green, and I will be your host for this episode. If you like real-life haunting stories, please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all things spooky and unexplained. Today's real-life haunt is Christy Sumner. She is one of the sisters from Soul Sister Paranormal. These ladies travel the country and have spent the night in some of the most historical and haunted locations in the U.S. This is how it all got started. Uh, my sisters and I, we live in different parts of the country, and we decided that um, we wanted to do something unique a little bit different and so we would routinely meet up for girls trips in various cities across the country and in 2013 we had the opportunity to go to moundsville west virginia which is where the west virginia state penitentiary is located and uh, we had a family friend that sat on the board of that facility and he said you know while you're here why don't you just take one of those nights and and stay the night in our our prison and so we jumped at that opportunity and we had never really done a, a paranormal investigation before but we we stayed the night in the penitentiary and just came away from that experience with a lot of things that we couldn't explain footsteps uh, voices when nobody was in in the hallway um, doors slamming when we knew that nobody was in those cell blocks and so after we left that investigation, we really decided that we wanted to formalize a professional paranormal team. So we came up with the name Soul Sisters Paranormal and kind of took it from there. Now, was this something you ladies were interested in as kids? Well, we've always had a fascination with the paranormal. Um, I can't say that we've had a paranormal experience per se, but we always really had that innate understanding that something happens when we die. Um, so, our, and our parents were very um, receptive to us being open-minded to questioning, you know, what happens, where we go, and so we all we also were very interested in the popular television shows of the time, like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and stuff. So. When we would watch those we would say you know why didn't they ask this question or use this technique or you know do this and because we come from a research-minded background it was one of those where we just said if we can do this then then we're going to jump on it when we ever get the opportunity um, and that's what happened when we went to Moundsville. So I looked on your website and you guys have been to quite a few different places. Can you tell us maybe some of the experiences that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, we've, we've been to a lot of locations across the country. And for us, the, the motivating factor is the historical narrative behind these locations. So to say that we stayed the night in the Lizzie Borden house or the Velisgax murder house or Brushy Mountain, that to us is an amazing feat in and of itself. But with regard to the paranormal, <clears throat> I'd say the, the most haunted location that we've been to um, is, for me personally, is the uh, old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida. Mm. And uh, yeah, so this is about an hour's west of Gainesville, Florida. And it was a jail that was built in 1928. It was in operation until 1968 as just a small county jail, right? It has four cells on the bottom. It has five cells up on the top and then a small jailer's house um, that's connected via a doorway in the back. And so after it closed in 1986, it set vacant and it really became this haven for drug activity. Um, a lot of uh, vandals, um, graffiti and all of that really just kind of took over the building. And um, in the in the mid 2000s, 
um, there was a woman that bought it and she opened it up to paranormal investigations. And so when we were there, the first time I was there, uh, I investigated with Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations. So she and I were the only two people on the property and inside the building at the time. And when we first got there that night, we were speaking with the owner and she said, do you both carry handguns? And we're like, yes, we do. And uh, we're licensed to carry. And she said, she said, well, I highly recommend that you keep your guns with you at all times during this investigation, because that's the kind of area that we're in. So we, we you know, we put our guns on our hips and we, we walked through it. We were there for about an hour and we weren't really feeling anything or, or sensing anything. And um, so Miranda said, I wonder if they think we're law enforcement because we have our guns out. And so she's like, well, let's just try taking them off. So we're standing in this cell that has a car in it and I took my gun off and I put it on the cot and Miranda takes her gun off and as she's putting it down she said I'm putting this down nice and slowly and behind us a male's voice said good Hmm. and we both heard it and then after that the night was on I mean we're hearing EVP audible disembodied voices we captured EVPs on our voice recorders Um, the REM pods were alarming the K2s were alarming Um, the SLS was capturing capturing all sorts of anomalies so i would have to say that that is probably the most active location that i've been to and so when you spend the night is it just you two doing this do you have other people well when soul sisters first started um we actually started out as a group of five um so there was myself my twin sister jenny our younger sister michelle and then two friends cara and kim and so we did a majority of our investigations as that team of five Last year, due to COVID and a couple of other things, or actually in 2020, we really decided to go to a two-investigator format with just Jenny and myself. Mm -hmm. So right now, we're doing predominantly investigations as a team of two. Uh, Every now and then, the others will join us, but just for logistic reasons and, you know, life, they've they've had to kind of rein back a little bit. So Jenny and I do the... predominant investigations and then we also do collaborations uh so we collaborated with miranda from ghost biker we collaborated with other teams and um so that's really what we like to do as well awesome awesome give us some other locations that you guys have been to Sure, sure. So um, another interesting location that we've been to is Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. So this is a former maximum security prison located in Petros, Tennessee. It was in operation as a maximum security prison from 1896 until 2009. And uh, it was another instance where they closed, after they closed, it kind of sat vacant for a while. And then um, the owners, uh, the current owners purchased it and again, opened it up to paranormal investigations. And so we've investigated there several times and it's just a great location because it's large. It has multiple buildings. And so you kind of get this, this, you know, sense of, of being almost in another environment, if you will, obviously, Mm -hmm. because you're running through a, a maximum security prison. But it has a gymnasium. It has um, what they call the hole, which was their solitary confinement cells, which are subterranean cells in this one building, numerous cell blocks and such. And so it's a great place to investigate. And when we've been there, um, we've it's really run the gamut of what we've experienced. So disembodied voices, um, footsteps, probably the best example of, of disembodied footsteps that we've ever captured mm. was at Brushy. Um, shadow figures, we've seen shadow figures. There's one instance where we had a stationary night vision video camera set up in one of the cell blocks 
and during the night for probably probably about three hours um something was throwing rocks at this camera um they came out of nowhere you you just see the camera shooting down the cell block and then a rock would just hit it out of nowhere so that was pretty compelling um so we, we love brushing Mountain state penitentiary Probably the one that was the most fun, per se, was the Grand Old Lady Hotel in Balsam, North Carolina. Mm. Now, this was a, yeah, it's, it's a great location. It's a three-story hotel. Um, it was built in 1904 as part of the railroad system. And um, it, it was, when it was built, it was really ornate, um, elaborate, really built to the highest standards of the time. Uh, has about 100 guest rooms. Like I said, it's three stories, all hardwood, um, grand staircases, uh, a large ballroom and kitchen. And so um, it, it was. It, it had its heyday really from the early 1900s up until about the 1960s. And then it kind of started to go into a decline a little bit. Um, and so the, the current owner, again, allows paranormal investigations to go on. And so when we investigated, we actually rented the the facility for the entire or for the entire weekend. So it was just us in the building, nobody else there. We had complete control of the the property and the building. And so on that investigation, it was myself, my twin sister Jenny, and Miranda from Ghost Biker. And so Miranda really conducted her investigation on Friday, and then Jenny and I conducted our investigation on that Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But we were all we were all in the building. We were all in the in the hotel, and um, so that investigation was fantastic because it was a really great example of capturing multiple things at the same time. And by that I mean we were in the kitchen one night. It's about two thirty in the morning, and I, I'm videoing, and I said. Um, is anybody here? Can you show us a sign that you're here? And simultaneously, we captured an EVP on the camera. The camera went in and out of focus, and the coffee pot turned on in the kitchen. Um, and, and there's no reason why this coffee pot should turn on, turn on at 2.30 in the morning. And um, so you see it click on from, you know, there's a little red and blue, a uh, green indicator. So it clicks from red to green. Um, so that was pretty unexplainable. And then there was an instance where we were up in one of the bedrooms and um, we were sitting probably about 15 feet back from the dresser that was in the bedroom. And on the dresser, we had an EVI box. And so we're sitting on the bed and um, Miranda's holding an SLS camera. And um, so we asked if there's anybody in the room, if they could touch the EDI box on the dresser. And so about that time, we see an anomaly on the SLS camera, i.e. a stick figure, and it's standing there and it reaches out and it looks on the camera like it's touching the EDI box. And as we look at the EDI box, it is moving. Mm. And so it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's indicating that something's touching it. And so we got that on film, which was pretty compelling. But um, probably one of the most interesting things that's happened that night is on Saturday night, we were sleeping in, um, there was a, a large um, suite on the third floor, and it runs adjacent to the most haunted um, hallway in the building. And so the way the suite is constructed, it has two rooms in it, but there's only one door that goes out into the hallway. So when you when you come through that door, you go through the interior room or the, uh, the exterior room to get to the interior room. So the interior room had two beds, um, and Jenny and I were sleeping there. And then the exterior room is where Miranda was sleeping. And so she's the closest to the door that leads out into the hallway. So we have a night vision video camera on the inside and the outside of the door. And you hear us say our goodnights. And about 15 minutes later, 
a male's voice outside the door says, please don't go. Mm. Um, and, and Miranda said, did y'all hear that? And I said, yes. And she goes, what did that sound like? And I said, there's a man outside our door. And she said, yeah, that's what I thought. So it, it, it was a great example of a disembodied voice that obviously we can't explain. So that's a great investigation for us as well. And so kind of take us through the process of an investigation. About how long does it take to go through all of that evidence and what type of device is the most successful for you guys? So the entire process of our investigation is we actually first start with a day tour because what we want to do is we go in with a very healthy skepticism to these locations. Right. And so when we go in, we take that day tour first because we want to look for any sources of environmental contamination that we can determine that may lead somebody to think that a place is haunted. So, for example, we'll go in and we'll look at, you know, where are streetlights? Where are, where's the vehicular traffic going to go? Where do those headlight be? sweep, um, airline traffic, train traffic, anything like that, um, that during the night, if we hear those things, we can rule them out as not paranormal. And so then we we really kind of lock down and get complete control of the environment. So then we'll go back in during the night and um, we'll set up our stationary equipment, i.e. video cameras and voice recorders. So right now we have 12 voice recorders and 10 night vision video cameras, and we'll set them up in various places across the property because we always want to have eyes and ears on every place that we can. And so then we'll conduct the investigations. Um, For the most part, we're in a location anywhere from eight to 24 hours, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes a little bit more. Um, But at, at all times during that investigation, we have audio and video cameras running, capturing as much as we can. And uh, so we'll ask very qu- various questions, you know, we'll do EVP sessions and, and we have different pieces of handheld equipment. We do use uh, EMF meters. We do use the spirit box, the EDI box, the SLS camera, the Ovilus. We have those pieces of equipment. And so then after the investigation, we will collect all of our, our stuff and we will go through every audio recording and every video recording that we took that night. So depending on the location, it, it can it can take us anywhere from a month to two months to go through everything because we sit down, like I said, and listen. We don't run it through any type of software or anything like that. We listen to it in the raw and we watch it in the raw exactly as it was filmed. And so, like I said, that's what really takes the longest amount of time for us. And to answer the last part of your question, uh, for for me personally, the voice recorders are the best tool that we have because disembodied voices, to me, are the hardest thing to debunk. If you've got a room full of women, you know, there's five women, and you capture a man's voice or a child's voice, that's extremely hard for me to debunk. You know, a light anomaly, sometimes you can kind of question, or a shadow, sometimes you can kind of question, but a voice, it's that's very difficult to question. And, and, and we've captured that in numerous places. And so for me, if, if we have nothing else, we always have a voice recorder. I also read on your website where you will do investigations at like people's houses and stuff. Do you guys get a lot of that? Mm-hmm. We do. Um, we can have a lot of people that, that contact us and say, you know, can, can you do this? And we absolutely do. The only caveat is um, it has to be logistically feasible. It's like, for example, I had a woman ask if we could come down to Haiti, and obviously we cannot do that. Right. Um, but, but that being said, you know, we do have contacts, especially um, here domestically, but we do have some international contacts that, you know, we can say, hey, can somebody get down there and help this person? But to your question, yes, we do actually go to residents and businesses 
cases to conduct those private paranormal investigations. When we do those, we approach them the exact same as we do our our other investigations, and and i.e. we go in with a healthy skepticism. And a majority of the time, you know, first of all, that person just really wants to be believed. They want somebody to hear their story and and to be believed, and we do that. But we also say, okay, we're going to go in and really look for environmental things first. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, we had a gentleman call us and he had just opened a brick and mortar location. And um, it was a, it's a store um, that had its, its front, its front was all glass and he had some mirrors running down the side and he had a bunch of display cases in there because he sold, you know, jewelry and such. And um, so he had all these night vision video cameras up and so he called, he'd, he'd opened, he'd been open for a couple weeks. And so he contacted us and said, Hey, this, this unit is haunted. Um, my, my cameras keep going off. Something's messing with them. Um, I need you guys to come in and take a look. And we said, fine. So we went in and we, we did our, you know, our day tour of it. And then at night we sat there for probably about four hours and, um, we, we weren't feeling anything none of our equipment was alarming nothing was going on that we felt was paranormal and so we left some night vision video cameras to run the rest of the night and we left and so when i called him the next morning i said you know did your cameras do what they were doing were they was anything going on and he said oh yeah it was a very active night and i said well give me the timestamps of your your video activity and i'm going to cross-reference them with mine and so we did that and what we found was the way his store was positioned he was running parallel to a road that had a high volume of u-turn traffic Mm. so when the cars would make a u-turn their headlights were bouncing into his store hitting these mirrors and essentially blinding his night vision video cameras and turning them off and turning them back on and so if you if you were looking for that it would look like something's messing with your cameras right um because they're because they're going on and off and so we told them either take your mirrors down or reposition your cameras to where this isn't going to happen and he did and his activity stopped and so that's what we do when we go to these locations we really try to figure out first if there's something that's causing it and try to eliminate that and then go back and do a paranormal investigation. That's really cool that you guys try to kind of debunk it at first, you know, before you get fully involved. And that's exactly what we do. Is there a place where maybe you hope to go visit and investigate one day, like a bucket list, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, as I said before, the, the history is what really drives us. So there are so many places in the U.S. that I would love to get to. Um, I'd love to go out to the Queen Mary. I haven't been out there yet. Mm-hmm. Um there's other just small towns that have stories and haunts that we would like to get to. Internationally, Leap Castle in Ireland is my number one bucket list location. And um, after that, internationally, I would say the Monte Cristo Plantation in Australia mm-hmm. would be another place we'd love to get to. And uh, so, yeah, if we can make that happen at some point, that would be a dream come true. Uh, any place in in England or Ireland, um, those places that have such a long and evolved history. Right. Um, I think any place over there would be fantastic. But um, just here domestically, really, it, it's it's kind of one of those things where you can go anywhere and just find these small town haunts that people don't really know about that we love to highlight and really expose that historical narrative. So people may want to go and visit, not just for the paranormal, but also for the history of it. I think one of the most interesting aspects of this journey for me personally is that, you know, obviously paranormal investigations 
is a hobby, right? For lack of a better term, it's, mm-hmm. it's a hobby that we participate in that we really enjoy. Um, but I've, I've been able to t- actually turn this into a business with my business partner, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker. Uh, she and I actually opened a haunted and historic jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. So we actually, we have, we, you can come into the jail and have day tours of the jail, but you can also rent it at night as a paranormal research location. So it's really an example of taking this hobby and, and kind of turning it into a passion if you will um and um it, it's it's I, I, honestly i never thought that it would go this route um when we first started soul sisters it was really just something interesting and unique to do with my my siblings right and um and, and it really has morphed into this really this passion for, for it um not only um highlighting these interesting unexplainable events but also highlighting the history of these locations so um to be able to do that here in tennessee and do it with my best friend is, is pretty remarkable yeah and so i like to end every interview with this question can you tell us a moment when you have truly been scared by the paranormal um if there is one, yeah, <laughs> you sound yeah, pretty no, brave I, to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Um, I will, I'll say that there's been moments of, of being startled for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but it really kind of then turns into, oh my gosh, let's figure out why that happened. Um, I would say one of the most compelling um, pieces of that um, where it was one of those, oh my gosh, did that just happen, um, would be going back to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were five of us on this investigation. It was myself, my twin sister, Jenny, another investigator of ours, Kim, and then Miranda from Ghost Biker and her camera guy. And so we were in Brushy Mountain and they have this huge gymnasium and um, we had some things that have ambient light, like a glow-in-the-dark balloon, the REM mm-hmm. pod, the, the EDI box, all that. So that's it. we put that all in the middle of the gym, and we stepped back probably about 20 feet. Now, the only light source at all in this gym are those things that we just put in the middle. And so we're standing there asking questions, and something runs from my right to left, and it cuts off my entire line of vision to everything in the middle of the gym. And it, it, it startled me. It really did because this, this, this mass just runs right in front of me. And at the same time I see that, Miranda is holding an SLS camera. So as I'm saying, you know, holy crap, Miranda is at the same time saying, I just captured an anomaly on the SLS. And so as we look, her camera guy, Josh, kind of pans back and the shadow figure runs now from left to right and so we all see it it all cuts off it cuts off all of our line of vision to to the items in the middle and so that was really the the one of the first times that i had physically seen a shadow person and so that was like a like a oh crap moment but then again it was like yeah we just we just captured that that was pretty awesome that's so cool yeah like what makes you so brave to be able to do it and to not get scared i guess when you do come in contact with it yeah, you know, um, like I said, there there are times where you're sitting in the dark and you hear a door slam or something, um, and you get that sense of almost the, the fight or flight type right. of sense, you know, where your hearing gets really acute and all of that. Um, but then you look at it again, and it's like, or you, you're sitting there, and it's like, yeah, this is this is us connecting with this, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we're getting a positive response of something that we cannot explain. Um, and, and that to me is what is so exciting about it, um, to be honest. Uh, it, it's, it's just one of those things, like I said, you, you 
just had these experiences that you can't explain, but it, it's fascinating, right? Because you're actually connecting with something that is an energy source that you're you're trying to figure out where it's coming from. That is it for this episode of the Unrest Podcast. If you have a story, email us at theunrestpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And like always, we would love for you to share this episode, leave a review, subscribe, do all the things. And until next time, Unrest in Peace. peace.